welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on one second. It's 2020, so we're doing some, we're doing some new things here. This is the launch of a new uh, podcast on this platform, on this channel. It is called Marvel Dip What? And it is myself and myself, Anthony Kent on the third, I should say. And also my co-host on this, uh, Stephanie Williams, who has been on the Marvel Cinematic University podcast a couple times already. She's been grateful with her time. She, she's very into comics. She's very into writing comics. She does a lot of different things uh, with that platform. First of all, Steph, thank you for joining me on this venture. How are you? No, of course. I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Not too bad. Excited to get into this. So, yeah, me too. So, so I think the first thing that we should uh, start with is kind of give a background on uh, why we decided to do this. Uh, I had reached out to you previously because I'm a I'm a big comics head, but I'm kind of like a novice. Like I I read comics back in the day when I was younger, and even to this day, I'm still reading comics. It's part of the reason why I love the movies so much because I'm always kind of trying to pick apart some of the things that 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 happened there. And it's funny doing this uh, this pod where we review the movies. I'm usually the one complaining about the storylines. Said they didn't do it like that in the books. And, and it's funny, like my, my cohorts uh, normally would, they'd be like, all right, because they were never big comic book readers or anything like that. So I'm like, man, I need someone to talk to about these comic books to get into these storylines. And, you know, I came across your timeline uh, at one point uh, early in the spring, I want to say last year. And there's just so there's just so much, not only funny analysis, but good analysis. And I think I, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And I I figured at some point expanding this channel, expanding the, this podcast, I think is is a cool thing to do for so many different reasons. But before I get into that aspect, I do want to get your your background. What how did you start in being interested in, in reading comic books and how it's kind of spread to what you do now? So it's funny that you mentioned that you felt like you were a novice because sometimes I feel like that. Actually, I feel <laughs> like at some point, um, everyone who, even if they're avid comic readers, um, can get into novice territory just because there are just so many comics. And we're not even just outside of Marvel, just, or within Marvel, there is just a lot. So yeah. um, I say that to say, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like, like a novice, you're not alone. Yeah. I feel like a novice. And all I do is talk about comics. So mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of got started with comics uh, because I am one, the only girl out of five siblings. Oh, um, wow. Out of six kids, yeah. And not saying that girls can't get into comics on their own, but my way of getting into comics was because of my older brother. He had um, X-Men comics that he would read and I was familiar with X-Men. I just watched the animated uh, series and I was familiar with the video game because like who wasn't familiar with that video game? Right. (laughs) Um, The one that you played the laundromat that was either that or in time. Turtles in time, right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it wasn't until like I noticed um, one of his comics, I think Storm was on the front with Forge and I was like, wow, it looks pretty cool. So 
kind of started reading from there. And for a long time, I actually didn't read a lot of Marvel comics. I was stuck on Archie because that <laughs> way, way back when you could get comic books at the grocery store. Like right. They would usually be over there where the mag- magazines were on like their own rack. Um, yeah. A lot of times, even still, you'll find the Archie Digest or whatever up front where you're checking out at a grocery store, Walmart, wherever. But for a long time, like Archie was my jam. <laughs> and from there, I found my way back to like Marvel, DC, but predominantly Marvel has always been, um, I guess, where I felt at home when I'm reading comics, if that makes sense. Like we all have right. that. For some folks, it's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. For other folks, um, it's DC Batman. But for me, like it's always been Marvel. And I think it's because my first introduction to superheroes was through um, through Marvel. So from there, like I've, um, like you said, like felt like a novice for a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I had been so far removed from it. Um, but then I got back into reading it. Um, and it just was something that I just really gravitated towards. I just think it's amazing um, medium to tell story through. Um, I'm an avid reader and um, comics are just, um, I don't know, man. Like, it's just so cool. Like, of course, the dialogue is there, but the way the story is told through uh, the the art yeah. um, is something that I've always um, enjoyed because, you know, the art can really make a break, what you're trying to say right. in dialogue. It's, and sometimes you don't even have to say anything in the dialogue. You just have um, the story flows through um, the art that is on the page. So I just love comics, man. And I really love to introduce folks to them and let them know, hey, this isn't as um, daunting as you think it is. Just right. start somewhere. You don't have to you don't have to know everything. You don't have to start from the beginning, um, like the Bible and read it all the way through. Like you can <laughs> jump around. Um, it's okay if you don't know everything because everybody doesn't know everything. There are still things that I am learning about characters that um, you know, I felt like I knew pretty well, but Sometimes you go back and you read older stuff or newer stuff and it's just kind of like, wait, do I know this character? Because they're always rebooting. I know like we complain about rebooting, you know, reboots yeah. and stuff of TV shows, but like right. comics been rebooting since forever. So, Man, um, yeah. yeah, so that's like my little spiel. So I am your friendly neighborhood um, comic book. People call me a guru. I... I guess, but I'm just, you know, I just, like, I'm I'm just the old lady that is, um, you know, trying to peddle comics to kids, like, hey, why don't you, I'll just start here, and we'll see where it goes. No, like, I, I think that that's really cool, and it makes me think of going back, and it's funny, because I have it in front of me, uh, the Best of Marvel Comics, Volume 1, my mom gave it yeah. to me when I was, like, five <laughs> or six years old, and that's kind of, yeah. like, where I started. There's so many iconic stories in there. Um the shot of of Peter and Spider-Man Homecoming when when Vulture traps him when he's lifting it yeah, it comes yeah. from it comes from within this book when uh, Doctor Octopus was known as the Master Planner and um, and then he fought Spider-Man under under this like water-filled uh, area and Spider-Man was trapped and he's and he's like he's blacking out he's he's done he he ain't got no strength left but he finds a way. To lift up the 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 apparatus that's that's uh, covering him, and I think of stuff like that that the, that type of stuff. Um, the art in itself, 
that's the type of stuff that inspired me. I remember my mom used to always say that you always wanted to be like Superman running around, flying off and stuff and bumping your head and whatever. And I just, yeah, I just gravitated towards the, the superhero fandom. I mean, whether it was Marvel or DC, um, I always was watching, uh, the Batman animated series and the X-Men animated series, the Spider-Man animated series, all those things. And there are so many different stories and books that I read as a kid and which I kind of like stopped as a teenager and then um, as a young adult kind of got back into them, especially now more of the graphic novels. Um, There's been just so many stories that not only intrigue me, but are are inspiring and then of course you get into the the movie aspect of things and i'm a i'm kind of like a i'm a nuts and bolts compare and contrast type of person i always like to find like the the ins and outs of a story what does this mean not only um personally to the character but just in general like what was what what, what type of story were they trying to tell and was it important and and, and did it matter in those things and and like i had said uh previously it's funny talking with Jake, Jerome, Nitsan, and and they would be like, "Did this happen in the comics, or or, or is this an issue, or something?" And I and then I just go off on a on a two minute tirade or a rant, especially Iron Man three, what they did with extremists. We may have to do extremists at some point, just to touch, just to get that off my chest, because I still got gripes with, uh, with with how they did Iron Man three. But nonetheless, um, it's just the passion of enjoying uh, something that's really interesting. Uh, art-wise, story-wise, uh, character-wise, and you invest in these things emotionally. And I think part of what the MCU has done that's been so great, it, it made this podcast uh, uh, what it is to this point and kind of expanding, kind of taking a look behind the scenes of where everything starts, I think is a great way to kind of not only expand what we do here, but like you said, introduce people to stuff that they may not know about or stuff that they want to get into but having the slightest clue how to because i think like when we talk about what we're trying to accomplish after uh, each episode whether it's characters that we know like the spider-mans the wolverines the the Ironmans and people and people like that or characters that we don't know like there's a deeper knowledge of a venom uh or carnage villains things of that nature there are so many different stories that you can get into and and kind of uh, parse and, and 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 learn new things that you you, ne- you necessarily did you might have not known before i mean especially me uh, as a reader i'm always trying to figure out oh what did that mean when they when they put that easter egg in a movie or something like that that, that right. i may have not seen previously so i think from that aspect that's what the that's what the goal is uh, for us um, each episode to find a story that's interesting, sometimes good, maybe sometimes it's not so good, um, and we can and we could kind of dive in and, and and figure out what the what the main thing is. So one one thing I do want to get into as well. Well, what are what what are some what's like your favorite Marvel character? Who's your favorite? So it is a tie between Monica Rambeau and Eddie Brock slash uh, Venom. Oh, okay. Which I know is kind of like, how the hell did you even? So <laughs> Monica, so Monica, just because um, I think her origin story is possibly one of the best origin stories to come out of Marvel and really comics in general. 
Um, it's just a really great story. We'll, and I won't get into it because we're going to get into it in another episode. Mm-hmm. But um, Monica has a really great origin story. And just Monica's character is um, just really unique. Um, her parents are still alive, so they're not tragically dead. Um, they're very supportive <laughs> of her. And um, like she led the Avengers. And she's unfortunately gone through these series of name swaps, which is just wild to me. I'm just like... Just, let the woman have a name and let her keep it. It looks like they they are with Spectrum, but Monica has always yeah. been a character that I've always loved. Um, and no shade to Storm or Misty, but like Monica's just always been that one. Um, but Venom and Eddie Brock, because I think their relationship is actually probably one of the more healthier relationships in the uh, Marvel universe. Um, it's just some really interesting things that they their comics explore. Um, as far as yeah. relationships are concerned, um, you know, give and take. Um, there's some parent stuff in there. Um, so <laughs> we're also going to talk about some uh, Venom to a more extent when we talk about Venom, the first host, which is a comic series, a mini one that I highly suggest that you all read. But um, when people think of Venom, they often, they often think of like this bad guy who is like trying to destroy Spider-Man's life. But it's just like, no, actually... Peter is more of the problem. Spider-Man is more of the problem for Venom than Venom is for um, Spider-Man. It's actually the reverse. Um, Spider-Man is actually annoying and doesn't mind his business um, ever. (laughs) um, For those reasons, like I've, (laughs) yes, like I've always, um, no, like it's just always been really interested in Venom. What about you? Well, Well, for me, I've always found Venom to be one of the more intriguing villains. Um, or anti-heroes in this case, mm-hmm. especially now that I've learned more about about him in the books. Um, I'm going to get to that first host, and that that probably will be a future episode uh, of this pod. But um, as far as the character itself, like you said, the give and take of the relationship between Eddie Brock and the symbiote, um, I think that's very fascinating in itself. And it's one of those things where you think about it from the outside, and you're like, huh, what you call it this seems kind of weird but then you kind of go into it a little bit further and it's like huh it's a lot more human it's a lot more it's a lot more just uh, like you said give and take and there's a lot of nuance to to venom slash eddie brock than you would think as uh as opposed to the normal eddie brock disgraced journalist who's upset with spider-man and now wants to ruin his life or whatever so i i I kind of i am looking forward to getting into those stories and kind of learning more uh about brock and of course carnage too um i've always been uh i've always been kind of like somebody who wanted to get into more of carnage because it's just such an such unbridled rage uh that that's uh that's in those stories and in those books from what i've seen and not only the uh not only the books, but video games and, and television as well. Um, I, I'm very curious to see what they do in the Ven- in the Venom sequel uh, with, uh, with with Carnage, considering how the, the Venom original movie was. Um, that should be intriguing as well. But overall, as a character, um, I think the symbiotes in, in general are interesting. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, more, more, than, more than you would think on the outside, because you just think of them as... Rar, evil monsters who kill people. But it's like, yeah. huh? There's just there's a there's a lot more of a um a codependency that mm-hmm. that isn't accounted for that you wouldn't think of from the outside. So as far as that's concerned, 
looking definitely looking forward to uh, getting into Venom. Now, for me, I usually go with I'm a Spider-Man guy. I'm a Wolverine guy. Um, ironically, lately in the past uh, couple of years, I've been uh, more of a Black Panther a guy. After reading more of the stories and getting like more, like ever since the movie came out, um, I felt like I needed to take like a deeper dive. So like I, I went and started reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, run of the of the Black Panther. Um, my introduction to the Black Panther originally is in the same uh, Marvel volume as he's introduced to the, the Fantastic Four. And that story itself always interested me. So yeah. in, re- in getting to learn about uh, T'Challa, it, it's, he has, there's a lot more, there's a lot more depth there than you would think. And I think the movie and hopefully future iterations of the movie will do a better job uh, in, in, uh, in showing that. Because I, it, it's funny, because thinking about Black Panther, the movie, I thought it was a movie that had all of its outside characters and all of the characters around T'Challa shine so much. And not to say that Chadwick Boseman didn't do a good job. It was almost like one of those things where he was, for somebody who was the star of the show, he was kind of more in the background. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like the books do him a lot more justice. Like I remember uh, Avengers versus X-Men, uh, and the the whole storm uh, situation that happened there, and just the forceful way he's like, nah, I just I just annulled our marriage. We're done. We're finished here. And she's just like, what? Out of nowhere? Oh, just a, he, yeah, you know, like it's a it's a whole lot. It seems like it's a whole lot of mess. So I think just from that, and that's the thing. Like, if you really go into T'Challa's uh, backstory. He has a lot of he has a lot of um, interesting relationships with women in general. So, and the women in his life, not just romantically, but uh, the women in his own family. So, that's always uh, that's always something interesting that I want to get into uh, going forward. So, I would say, yeah, Spider Man, Black Panther, um, Wolverine is like that tortured. He's that tortured dude that just can never find any peace. And I remember reading Old Man Logan and then seeing Logan on the screen. And um, that was one of the few times that, like, the because the, the, the Wolverine movies in general were just not like, yeah, they were just like, blah, blah, blah. But Logan was just different in the sense that they captured that kind of a suffering aspect and, and the sad aspect that the books tend to capture. Um, so, so that's another character that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing uh, different stories of. So that would definitely be yeah. very interesting, too. Um, I, think, I think we'll have to, not to cut you off, but I think we'll have to cover Old Man Logan. I, yeah, I definitely want to get into uh, Old Man Logan at some point. Um, that's a very good, that's a very good book. And this is just like involves a lot of Marvel characters that uh, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think in different versions of them, especially the Hulk, I would consider, is like one of the main ones that uh, we see a, the Hulk in a very different light in Old Man Logan. So uh, actually, yeah, that's like one of the top ones that we should definitely uh, hit at some point. Um, so like, what are, what are the kinds of things that make you read a comic multiple times? Let's see. Um, 
is it funny on purpose or is it funny yeah. indirectly? Well, this is something that's it, well. It, well, it could be one of those things that I guess it could either make you interested. You could read something and then you get to the end of it and you say to yourself, "Oh my goodness, this was really, really good." Or you get yeah. to the end of it and it's happened to me before. It's like, what happened here? I need to go back and check because I'm like yeah. really confused. <laughs> and that, I mean, that that happens often because um, the funny thing about comics, again, because sometimes you can glean a lot from the story from the art itself and not really necessarily the dialogue sometimes you miss things yeah not because you're not trying to read it but like you just miss so um usually like when i finish a comic if i'm saying to myself that was really good i'll go back through or i'm totally confused let me read it again um another aspect of it is if i read something that is current and there is a recall to something that happened before I'll go back and reread. So I kind of wish that um, comics really don't do this these days where before a lot of the Silver Age, Golden Age um, stuff in the 70s and 80s, like they would leave notes, like Mm -hmm. editor's notes at the bottom, like, yeah, C issue, blah, blah, blah. Either the character would tell you or it would be at the bottom. And I miss that because comics go on forever. Um, and it's sometimes it's really hard to remember, you know, what happened in the previous issue of this run um, because there's just so much going on. So readability is usually dependent upon how good it was or did I really get it the first time? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just like mess. So even if the comic is bad, but there are moments in it that are just indirectly funny, I'm reading it again. So just to give you an example, when I read uh, Civil War two. uh, and that was uh, Carol Danvers at her finest. Um, I thought that was like a great illustration of how strong her character is. Yeah. Because Tony Stark was really being a... And it's funny, in some ways he was right, but he was being such a jerk. He was being such a jerk about it the entire time. And, but she stayed steadfast. And I, and I thought that the character itself, like the strength that she showed uh, throughout the book, um, really just made me more intrigued in, in her than even in such a story that had so many so many things. You had Inhumans involved. Uh, you had Rhodey dying in the book. Um, there's just so many different aspects of that, of that book taking place. But uh, just the focus on, on, on her and her character and, and uh, what she was able to do in it and the respect that I, that I gained for her in that book more than anything else was kind of something that made me go back to it um again i'm trying to think is there another one that i went back to like a couple of times um avengers versus x-men i went back to mainly because i don't know i thought cyclops was really bugging in that one i really i I just really yeah i thought he was bugging he really was um and i just wanted to kind of just try and uh uh remember like what i remember from watching the x-men animated series with the whole phoenix story and and just the way that he was acting in 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 that scenario and it almost it's almost like uh he didn't want the same thing to happen but because he was so overprotective the same thing ended up happening anyway which kind of happens sometimes in real life yeah, that was funny about those phoenix just a quick aside like what's funny with uh, with that the animated series takes comic panel from comic panel for that but even still gene ends up getting the shirt and the stick I, one day i would like <laughs> a retelling of the phoenix 
saga um, that does Jean the justice that she deserves because people give Jean a lot of slack and she just she doesn't deserve it. None of the X Men do. Charles no. needs all that energy. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be definitely plenty of times when we're talking oh, about the X Men in yes. general where um, I'm going to have to go back to a lot of the articles that you've written about Charles and the issues that he generally has um, in being just Charles. We'll just say he's just Charles in, in that scenario. Um, That's a terrible man. <laughs> a terrible man disguised as uh, the, the, the kindest, uh, most giving man uh, in the Marvel Universe in a way, which is, <laughs> which is funny when you think about it in retrospect. Right. Yeah. So, like, uh, so I guess uh, just a couple of um, quick hitters before we go. Uh, wh- is there is there somebody that you haven't seen yet um, on screen that you would like to see on screen from the books? Well, we're already getting She Hulk, so that's somebody Monica as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Man. Okay. And the reason why I want Wonder Man um, is because I really enjoyed him in uh, Beast Friendship. Right. I don't know how they would end up on the screen together, but I would love to see that. But more importantly, I would like to see a Marvel book where um, both of them are just doing the buddy cop thing. I think buddy cop, they're just going on adventures together. But Wonder Man, and mm-hmm. also the messiness between him, Wanda, and the Vision. So Wonder Man is one of them um, for those reasons. And I don't know if we're going to get Neymar anytime soon, anytime soon, but I definitely need to see him on the screen, like now. Yeah, he's one I'm definitely interested, um, mainly because I've seen him interact with Black Panther and have so many, um, well, not necessarily confrontations per se, but just their relationship is interesting. Right. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to see him. Um Listen, I'm just very um, intrigued, especially after seeing Into the Spider-Verse. The Miles Morales character is, is, uh, is some, somebody I want to see on screen just because it's, it's different. Also, he's another one who has his family, uh, who is the complete opposite of Peter Parker in a way. So I would like to see what they do with the take on that character. Uh, that's one uh, that, that I want to see. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see Monica Rambeau on screen. I think the, the WandaVision show is going to be, I don't think we have any idea of how amazing that show is actually going to be with just of everything that I've heard or that we've heard about what's going to be in it. Um, Sword and some of, the, some of the characters in the MCU as well. Obviously, we mentioned Monica, Doctor Strange, and, and just so many uh, new characters that we haven't seen before. Uh, just that in itself um, with Phase 4 and what that's going to be is something that makes me want to go back and even read uh, read more stories. So to kind of close this out, let's pick one. What do we want to, what do we want to start with um, for the first uh, episode that we do? What's your your top? Is your top candidate uh, Venom first host? You know, it honestly is, uh, just because that book really took me by surprise. Because I was not expecting one to enjoy it the way that I did, 
Um, but for it to be so good for some of the new ones, um, that it just kind of kind of explores with um Eddie Brock and his symbiote, like their relationship and like they're like a for real couple and they have this this child and they're really doing the mom the dad dad thing and I I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, that is that's the one I would like, but I'm open to any other suggestions. We you're gonna have to do that at some point. Yeah, so it's so it's inter- so it's interesting because I like I like that one, and what I wonder is, do you want to do do it as a whole? Are we or do you want to oh, pick a, a particular whole. issue? No, we have to do it as a whole, and it's short oh. too. It's only um, so y'all. It's only six issues, I believe. So it's not very it's not very long. It's actually a really quick quick read. Um, so we could just cover the whole entire arc, and it won't be like a you know three hour long podcast. We should be able to cover it within yeah within you know 30 minutes or so yeah i think yeah i think that should that should be fine i've already i've already started taking a look at it so it looks kind it it, it looks interesting i see kree and scrawl and i'm like that that kind of uh raises my eyebrows a little bit in the first issue so i'm like okay I, i can definitely dive into this the one that um i suggested to you in the chat was uh amazing spider man 700 just for like a general background on that for people listening um, there's a point where Dr. Octopus is dying and eventually he pulls off a mind switch with Peter Parker. So, uh, Doc Ock is in Peter Parker's body and Peter Parker's, uh, mind is also in, uh, Dr. Octopus's dying body. So obviously there's a little problem there mm-hmm. because Dr. Octopus is dying and Peter Parker's mind is about to go as well. So... This story. Oh, that's another goodie. So this story um, concludes in Amazing Spider-Man 700, and I thought after reading that, I was saying to myself, and I mentioned it to you, I was like, "Wow, this story is really, really gripping in a way," because what we find out about um, Otto Octavius in Spider-Man's body, he kind of like, he kind of realizes, huh? This uh, whole uh, crime-fighting thing isn't so bad. Huh, interesting. <laughs> he find, towards the end, especially, it's almost like his criminal ways disappear in a sense towards the end. So I find that I found that very compelling. Uh, Peter's life flashing before his eyes is very is very compelling um, as as we get towards the end of that issue. But I thought it was just just very well done, and it leads to it leads to something uh, new in the Spider Man uh, universe at least for a while there. So. We could do either, but um, I would like I to guess start. The people have to wait and see, which one it'll be a surprise. Yeah, you know what? Well, that's what we'll do. We'll uh, we will we will do we will make a surprise out of this. So we'll either do Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred or Venom first host, and uh, that will conclude episode zero of Marvel did what. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, and like, we'll be saying we'll be asking ourselves that many times y'all so there's a reason behind that name because a lot of times it's like wait why did what <laughs> plenty plenty <laughs> of times uh stephanie where can where can we follow you so you all can follow me on twitter at steph underscore i underscore will same thing for instagram um i have two web comics that you can also uh, subscribe to or support um, but what if though um, is a webcomic that actually takes Marvel, DC characters, Mario, whoever, 
um, you know, I want to uh, make a little my life with whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so you can fix. So you can get the Toll Iliana um, Fix My Life uh, issue of But What If Though if you go to Webtoon, just search, uh, search But What If Though. There's also an IG page uh, W I T underscore webcomic that you can find, and then I have another uh, webcomic that I do that is based on parenting and it's not boring it's just uh the stuff that i have to deal with <laughs> with uh the toddler that i have it's called parenthood activate and you can find that at parenthoodactivate.com also on ig under the same name and also on uh, webtoon under the same name so check those out if you get a chance and if you're interested in anything i've had to say about comics you can also check out of sci-fi fan girls because i've done a lot of writing so just search my name stephanie williams and a bunch of stuff will pop up absolutely absolutely this is gonna be really fun of course uh jay christie will be producing this pod this pod so you can follow him on twitter at the jay christie and as for me uh anthony cantz on the third you can follow me at ac spotlight 95 also, a part of the Count the Dings Network, who is having a live show in New York on March 28th. It should be very fun in Brooklyn. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, I also go on the TV Book Club. Shout out to Anthony Mays, Eden Liu, Jake Hoy. Uh, I'm sure we'll be reviewing some interesting te- uh, television show that's coming up. And, of course, uh, rate, review, subscribe this pod on Marvel Cinematic University. It's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Uh, with not only movies that we do um, that are a little older, but some of the newer stuff that's coming out. We got WandaVision on deck. We got ca- uh, uh, Captain, uh, was it Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is a continuation of, of what happened at the end of Avengers Endgame. That should be very interesting as well. And, of course, we got Black Widow and The Eternals, um, the newest uh, the newest film that, that will be coming uh, at the end of this year. That'll be very interesting, uh, a different uh, setting, different characters, different take on things and stuff that we generally don't know about. Uh, Steph does, but the rest of us don't. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to get into that in general. So uh, we will be back at some point, uh, Steph and I, to do this first episode. And we'll also be back to uh, do some news and notes at some point. I want to thank you all for listening. Take care. <laughs>